1: Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. Available on Amazon, eBay. Etsy, or just visit GreeningYourLife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Hey, brother. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I will say this week I found something really kind of funny. I I bought bamboo toothbrushes have you ever used a ban brew toothbrush no but if it
0: makes me feel like a panda i'm down
1: it doesn't well no it doesn't not at all and i hadn't even thought about that until you said it so i'll think that way later and see what happens but it takes a minute because you're putting wood in your mouth to brush your teeth Mm -hmm. but i have to tell you it took a month but i really like them i like them way better than the old plastic toothbrushes i used to buy and i'm better at swapping them out when i should Mm -hmm. because really you're supposed to swap them out what is it every like month or two or something i don't but you you imagine if everybody swapped out a plastic toothbrush every month that'd be ridiculous
0: it would be ridiculous and the sad part is that most people are lazy and don't do it so it would be i guess better for your mouth but much worse for the environment
1: right so i i I buy these now bamboo toothbrushes in like a pack of 12 Mm mm-hmm And, and granted, I don't swap them out monthly, but I do swap them out every couple of months and I just throw them in the garden. Okay. So are the bristles bamboo too? No, it's a nylon, but it's a, that's a very small amount of the whole, the whole toothbrush. (laughs) So I can throw those in there and that stuff will break down over time. And in the garden, even if there's just small threads of nylon still left, it won't hurt anything. Okay. But they work really, really well. Like, way better than I thought. You know, a lot of times you buy a quote unquote green product and it's, you know, subpar at best, but it's green. So you're thinking you're doing great things. These actually, I think, honestly work way better. And it encourages me to swap them out more often, which means I'm getting better dental hygiene.
0: Well, better dental hygiene is something I always approve of. Your your body's mouth is like the, the
1: crossroads,
0: if you will, of all the bacteria in your body. So you live and die by your mouth. If you can get sick so easy with the wrong bacteria in there.
1: Well, and I tried to, you know, hey, Jamie, I've got extra ones. Feel free. But she cannot get over the whole idea of the wood, the she texture can't? of the wood. Nope. Um, okay. Well, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> so.
0: I mean, I use toothpicks. I can't imagine it be much different.
1: It, no, it's wood. It's just bamboo. But it, it, it there is a little more friction on the cheek or lip or the tongue. It's just uh, a different feel. Like it took what? me a minute. So it, 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 yeah, like, go ahead. like a Popsicle stick? Yeah, exactly like a Popsicle stick. Well, you're telling me she doesn't like Popsicles? I don't think she wants to brush her teeth with the stick. Uh, logic is coming for
0: this one. I'm telling you. <laughs> You can suck on a Popsicle or suck on a sucker. You can brush your teeth with a bamboo toothbrush.
1: Well, uh, I just wanted to bring it up because for anybody who's questioning, and maybe it's different per brand, I don't know, and I don't even know the brand. I just bought it off of uh, Amazon, and they're fantastic. I really do like them much better, and I won't try to use a toothbrush for a whole year. That's awesome. So that's all I had that was new over the last week. Anything for you? Mm,
0: no not really
1: just working chickens
0: uh well uh, yeah kind of so i have a disgusting story that you guys are gonna have to forgive me for but i was doing some prep work and I trimmed a bunch of beef and I forgot about the trimmings. We were so busy that I just kind of stuck them in a box and put them in the garbage and forgot about them. Well, that particular can never made it to the garbage. And so I smelled something really terrible and I, I opened the garbage up and there was just so many maggots. It was disgusting. I looked at it. And went, now if I can find a way to not vomit and carry these to the, the chickens, this could be really entertaining to watch did you so i did i did, did oh. very much i dumped him right in the middle and it was like jurassic park it was amazing <laughs> every maggot was a sacrificial lamb it was a goat for the Rex. in this case
1: a chicken oh wow see
0: and how do you not videotape that kind of stuff um the easy answer is when i'm too busy watching something it doesn't cross my mind to visit vide- videotape it i am that old guy that goes to a concert and watches it with his eyes well, I I, do, I don't get my phone out. I don't take pictures. I just, if I see something that I find interesting and I want to enjoy, I do. I let my, I immerse myself in it and let myself enjoy it. And then regret not taking photos
1: later. I was thinking, cause you take a lot of videos. Of the, yeah. You do a lot of videos. So I thought, wow, if that was that entertaining, I can't believe that wouldn't be one of the videos.
0: Just cause something entertains me. Doesn't mean other people are going to find it entertaining.
1: Well, I tend to,
0: I'll know for next time. I forget about meat in the garbage.
1: <laughs> okay so i expect it within a week or two ouch what no that's, 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 that's painful so since you're talking about the meat and the garbage and i'm gonna call it waste even though it really wasn't necessarily waste you were purposely throwing it in the garbage this is my horrible that's... attempt to cross over to what we're doing still waste it, it, it whether
0: it's done by choice or accident waste is waste
1: waste is waste good then my, then i parlayed into the show just fine there you go. See? Okay. Like I'm not a professional at this. Anyways, to this week, we want to talk about the energy cost in your home, especially right now in the summertime here in Michigan. All of energy cost is higher. And the bills are a little more painful this time of year. And we, uh, there's a million different ways we can reduce as long as we know where we're spending the money. And a lot of times we just get an electric bill. And I'll tell you, in my earlier years, I really just thought the electric bill was the lights in the house. Like, the bill was high. I ran around shutting off the lights, and that's not really going to help a whole heck of a lot.
0: It's not going to help now, no. It would have helped you back then. Technology has changed.
1: (laughs) Well, you're right. Our lights are not tiny heaters all over the home, but it's still not even a top three on where your house uses its energy. So I figured this week we would kind of go through where that energy is spent, and what we can kind of do to mitigate some of it.
0: All right. So let us let me have it. I'm going to see if I can find a way to tie it back and tell you you were wrong.
1: So let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So number one, you know the answer of the highest cost of energy in the home. Cooling, you refrigerator, do. that kind of stuff. Heating and cooling. Heating yeah, and course. cooling the environment of the house. And that is why in the summertime, we pay so much more. You would think in Michigan we would pay more in the winter. but We pay way more in the summer for air conditioning, even though we have an inflated bill in the winter because it's so darn cold here. Well,
0: yeah, you circumstantially pay more in the summer if you have air conditioning. I'm here to tell you that my summer bills are way cheaper than my winter bills. I don't have air conditioning.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and there are some exceptions for sure. 46% of what we spend on our electric bill is heating and cooling. It's climate control within the house.
0: Okay. First world problem got you.
1: First world problem. This is a, and it's not even like, like when we visited Vegas, or I say we, it was my boss and I at the time I was working in Vegas. It's so hot in Vegas, they have air conditioners or heat pumps for both floors. So if the house is two stories tall, outside there's two air conditioning units because they have separate ones for each floor. So it depends on where you live. If you have air conditioning, or if you live in the far south and you don't necessarily need a lot of heat, you know, furnaces. I know it gets cold down there because our bodies kind of change. I spent 10, you know, 10 to 14 days in Hawaii, and by the end of it, I was chilly at 70 degrees, which is hilarious for someone who lives in Michigan. Yeah, you adjust to it pretty quickly. It's shocking how quickly you adjust to your ambient temperatures where you're at. But if you're in Florida, maybe you have different ways of warming. I know a lot of times you the, there's wood burning stoves, stuff of that nature. But if you're using the grid for your heating and cooling, it is always by far the most expensive portion of your bill.
0: I would agree with that. So in the summer, in years past... My bill would run about a hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety dollars in the winter it gets as high as four, depending on how hard the winter is. This summer and last summer, because we have that that like that floor unit air conditioner that does like one room of the house, my bill's mm-hmm. sitting about two fifty. So it's still cheaper than winter, but only because I'm air conditioning one room of the house.
1: Yeah. Where here I'm at, you know, air conditioning a rather large home. I don't see a lot of difference. I don't get the luxury of a break. The winter and the summer are very, very close in price, which is painful. So the first thing I did was I used to keep the house in the wintertime and everybody has their number in the winter and summer. They have their number. They keep it on. What is your number for your heat?
0: I don't have one. I think it's (laughs) acid
1: Well, then I don't have a number because
0: there's five people in my house. We're not all home at the same time. We all don't have the same, I guess, internal temperature. If you if you were to walk in with one of those those uh, thermometers, you're gonna take everyone else's temperature, and I'm gonna be three degrees cooler than they are. Like we're, none of us are the same. We don't even really like the same um, temperature settings. So for me, my number, if it's not muggy out at all, is like 75 to 78. If it is muggy, then I actually like it cooler. So like 72, anything under 72, I'm happy with. I don't really get cold unless I'm sick. So you could put it at 50 and I'd be, I'd be tickled, but, um, I'm, I'm comfortable up until the, the mid seventies as where everyone else in the house, when they are cold, they want it as hot as the sun. They want it as hot as that furnace can crank it up. And when they're warm, they want it as cold as a the refrigerator. There's no consistency. I don't have a number.
1: Really? See, yes. in the- here for like this time of year right now it used to be i always had it as low as like 68 in the house and that is cold now it is it's a it's consistent at 71.
0: well that's also luxury we don't have though my 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 whole unit's just turned off in the summer because we only have a the air conditioner cools one room and that's my bedroom so my bedroom's is 72 to 75 depending on
1: level of mugginess the rest of the house is just fend for yourself it's <laughs> just okay. And and for the, the furnace here, I try really hard to keep it at the same place. Like keep it right at that 71 year round. Mm-hmm. But it also can depend on, luckily my wife likes to layer anyways. She is a hoodie fanatic and loves her comfy fleece pants, which helps also. But she's a lady of fluff. She <laughs> So funny story, when I was trying to really... I got the bill in this house before the kids were here all the time and for before Jamie was here all the time. I got it really low because when I'm sleeping, I because I put that Nest thermostat on there and I scheduled it perfect. It would warm up the house just before I woke up. The moment my phone left the driveway, it dropped back down to 60 or I think it was like 58 or 60. And then just as I pulled back in, the furnace would kick back on. It'd take a few minutes. It'd get cold when I first walk in. But from there, a few minutes later, the place is warmed up. I had that thing down to a science. And then Jamie and I started dating seriously. And I would leave for work. And she may still be here. Mm -hmm. And, And the furnace would shut off and lock her out. And I would get a text message that says it's 60 degrees in your house <laughs> because yeah, I, I had it set on such a cadence. Now I can't do that. Uh, between the kids and you know people coming and going, Jamie here. I't cannot... forget. Hmm? Don't forget
0: Jake, you got to keep it warm enough for Jake.
1: Uh, well, he has his own lamp, which by the way, is expensive because we're producing light and heat from that. But you know, I already did the complaint on that. I won't continue it. Jake is the snake that we have, which if anybody knows me knows that I don't enjoy snakes or spiders. Yeah, that well, you cross a line at some point if you're going to try to bring a spider in here as a pet, well, that's just not going to work.
0: There's something to be said about the, our brains react negative negatively and to creatures that move in a way that we subconsciously deem as unnatural. And so the the danger centers in our brain are programmed after years of evolution just to fear things like snakes and spiders.
1: Well, it is strong in me. Uh, It's it's broken in me. (laughs) I think they're cute. I did look up average energy cost per state. Mm -hmm. And we are in Michigan. We're 31st. So not bad. I mean, I think our cost is terrible, but apparently it can be way more terrible, like in Connecticut, so the average bill in Michigan is three hundred and fifteen dollars year averaged out okay in Connecticut, it's four hundred and forty one
0: isn't Connecticut a lot colder than Michigan in the winter though?
1: It is, but colder. again, with it, nowadays with insulation, it really shouldn't be that much different, and there's states further up there's this there's, there's colder states
0: yeah there is, but I don't know if that counts. There's colder states, there's also much much bigger states and smaller states. Isn't Connecticut pretty small? Mhm, so that would be i would reason- be reasonably that most of the people are centralized in cities and areas. There's not a whole lot of farm country in Connecticut.
1: I don't know. I don't know a lot about that, but I would think if they were centralized in smaller places, that'd be cheaper bills
0: well, that's my point though I, was, I don't know I don't understand how. How it could be higher if everyone was in the same area takes. You know, I think they would take less energy to heat an apartment complex than it would to uh, heat a bunch of single homes. But yeah,
1: right. What I did find interesting is that the cheapest. You want to guess what is what state or what? Okay, what is the cheapest state for energy? I'll do that first. For energy use is going to be Hawaii, or is no? It's going to be what? What Washington, Washington State.
0: How is that cheaper than Hawaii?
1: Two hundred and sixty-two dollars is the average bill.
0: Do they are they energy um self sufficient? I mean, do they have?
1: <laughs> I no, don't I'm, know. It's, it's just... I mean,
0: well, but okay. Let's be real. A lot of the bigger cities in Washington have a lot of people that are forward thinking. There might be a lot of people that actually have like solar panels and stuff like that there. I mean, without detailed statistics as to what leads to these bills, we can't really know for sure. But Washington is really big. I thought for sure Hawaii was the answer. But there's you. There's no reason to even have electricity in Hawaii from what you were telling me.
1: Yeah, a lot of houses. I saw some houses with no fourth wall. So I would, yeah, exactly. But Washington was there. But the reason why I stumbled for a minute is because the cheapest place to live for energy, according to WalletHub.com, where they work on all these cost things, was D.C. Washington, D.C. does not seem right to me. They're expensive on everything else. It's a very high cost of living in Washington, Hmm. D.C. Why is the energy consumption cost so much lower?
0: Um, For lack of a real answer, I'm going to make something up that sounds good. I would assume most of the housing is government funded for government employees and government officials or military personnel. So it's all subsidized by the government. That's what I'm going to go with.
1: I don't know. So, okay, if you live in D.C., Washington State or Connecticut, tell us why, because we don't know why. Either your bill is so cheap or so expensive. So go on to greenyourlife.org or just go on to the Facebook and tell us why the heck is Connecticut so much or D.C. so cheap or Washington, for that fact, so inexpensive. Because that was just something that popped up in my research that I found interesting. So 46% of our energy in our house comes from heating and cooling needs. Do you have ceiling fans in your house? Because I have a handful. I have one. I and it's a little embarrassing. I use them, but I think I use them at times incorrectly because they have reversible, you know, they have different speeds, but they can also turn in different directions for different reasons.
0: Okay, so my assumption, I guess, just jumping on left field here, um, knowing that heat rises, I would assume that you would change the direction of the blade in regards to how hot it is so you can redirect the heat somewhere else or you focus.
1: Yep, what? for you're right with the clockwise use and you do it on the slowest setting, it holds the heat down. So that when heat tries to rise up, the fan holds it down to where you are. You would think
0: that uh that would be talked to people like hey, this is a fan. It's not <laughs> it's not here to keep you cool per se in the way you think a fan would. Cause they're usually when really you could call it a fan, but it's an air mover. It's all it is. So like mm-hmm. most of the fans we have with the exception of the ceiling fan, most box fans and standing rotating fans, they have three settings. You crank them up to high and you try to stay in front of it as long as you can, because you know, it, it keeps you the illusion of cool. Now you are cooler than the air around you because it's just constantly pushing air onto you. But the moment you step out of that, it also makes you far more susceptible to how warm the house really is. So, I mean, Uh, I guess I've never knew how to properly use a ceiling fan. Not too late to teach an old dog a new trick.
1: Yeah. So if you switch it to counterclockwise and turn it on high, that is for cooling the air. It pushes, you know, that cool air back down toward or towards us. It creates cool air. So there's a way to hold down heat and a way to speed up the air to cool it down. Hmm. So there's actually a science to the fan (laughs) that we've all just turned on and turned off half the time.
0: You'd think they would put a better angle on the fins.
1: Well, it's all by direction so counterclockwise or clockwise those angles are designed so you can just reverse it and it has a second use yeah
0: it may this be accurate man. but yeah i'm uh, maybe <laughs> accurate but i'm not a fan
1: ha 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 see oh, if i was right. a better if i was better at editing these that'd be the spot for a, a drum and was it symbols or was it was that you yeah. hit up there
0: yeah it's a symbol and that was an amazing pun that was not intentional that's right that naturally occurred guys
1: So other things that you need to do that I need to be better at myself is getting tune-ups on all of your equipment seasonally every year. So if you get the equipment service on a regular basis, it works more efficiently. I, I, am not shocked by that, but it is something that I don't, I do it about every two to three years and I should probably go to do it every year.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I probably haven't. Well, Let's be fair. So the house I live in has one fan. And in terms of the other pieces of equipment that, that help the house maintain temperature, the furnace, that kind of stuff, I have the furnace serviced, um, which is a term I use very loosely every season. No air conditioning. The fan, I'm lucky it even turns, man. That thing is in shambles.
1: <laughs> Not functioning well?
0: No, it functions fine. It's just at any given time, I feel like it's either going to fly off the ceiling or fall and hit the dog. So
1: gotcha. One of our past episodes, we talked about utilizing natural light. That's on, That was on the list too, is mm-hmm. opening the curtains during the wintertime and letting that natural light and heat into the room to help subsidize the cost of the furnace use mm-hmm. or drawing them closed in the summertime, which can I know that sometimes gives you that dark, gloomy feeling that makes it challenging to stay in the house. But it's summertime. We go outside. We go for hikes. We go to the beach. So we have a lot of
0: windows in the main living portions of our house my house is predominantly warm all the time because of it even if it's let's say 65 outside it feels like it's 68 to 70 in the house we don't have curtains uh we have these really old ones i removed them because the, i felt they were hideous and i just have not taken the time to purchase money wow i have not taken the time to purchase new ones yes yes you heard what i said
1: i, I kind of want to keep that
0: you can do it you can do it you can, <laughs> I don't, that's fine i don't mind
1: Okay. So that's understandable. The other thing is, is something I used to be good at, but with all the people in the house I've lost is blocking off rooms, shutting some of the vents off to rooms that are less used, keeping the doors shut. You know, a lot of my upstairs, it's kind of, it's funny because the middle floor isn't used as much. The base floor where everybody's at is always used. If not all the kids are here at the same time, then the middle floor doesn't get used, but then the attic does.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because that's where I do a lot of work. But shutting a lot of the rooms off, closing the vents to those rooms, it, that's a miss for me too. I did it for a while, but I have certainly not kept that up. And that's another way to keep that bill down.
0: That's something or, we, never, we never pay attention to that at all. I never even considered doing that.
1: Or just simply opening a window on a really nice day. I recently realized that it was like 74 degrees outside and partly sunny, but the air conditioner was set at 71. So I'm using air conditioning on a gorgeous day.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a bad day, especially if it's got a nice breeze. You can open up windows and outside your home get the air coming through.
1: Mhm, and it makes the house smell better, I think, when it's not closed up as much and it lets the air push through. Or it's just my joy of the you know the outside smells. Plus we have we're just now growing a lilac bush, so that that lilac bush is outside of a certain set of windows, so that when I open those windows and the in the adjacent windows, when the wind comes through and the air comes through, it's going to blow the smell of lilacs through the house.
0: That's awesome. I love that smell.
1: we we got a little ways to go before I get that joy, but we're getting there. So heating and cooling, huge. It's almost half of the cost of all energy. Oh, you, what do you think number two is? Of energy in the home? Mm-hmm.
0: I would say things that draw power when you're not using them. Uh, refrigerators, electronics, phone chargers, stuff like that.
1: Well, and, and in, this, in this list, appliances are separate than TV and other. Okay. But neither of those are number two.
0: Great. I'm right again. What?
1: <laughs> no. And this is one that we can all fix at some point. There are some things in the house. The house that I bought has a lot of these fixes already on it because the the gentleman who owned this house before me worked for Consumers Energy, and I think he didn't like to give his paycheck back to them. So he did a lot of (laughs) good things, and it is water heating. The second highest cost is consistently heating water so that it's hot enough for you to use when you want it.
0: I never even considered that. Yeah, I checked that in with the furnace.
1: So yeah, you're completely right. I understand now. So when you go to sleep and you and you get your allotted eight hours sleep, I say that with a funny face because I don't. I never do. I have weird issues. I
0: I sleep four hours.
1: So even while we're sleeping, that water is cooling, reheating, cooling, reheating all throughout the night, just waiting in case someone wants hot water. You know, we do like showers. At 4 a.m. The second highest cost, 14% of your electric bill, is reheating the water you haven't used yet so that it can be hot enough for when you want hot water.
0: That sounds like when you put it like that, that sounds so bad. Like, it <laughs> makes me ashamed to have one. Be like, God, it's so wasteful. But it's not like it's you know dumping the water out. It's just it's a tank full of water and it's got a thermostat or a thermocoupler, whatever word you want to use. You're smarter than I am. And when it dips under a certain temperature, the burner kicks on and it, you know, heats it back up.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's exactly what it is. And it's a modern day house thing. And it's been around for for generations. But it's expensive. And it's expensive energy wise. So that it's just, but it's the part that always drives me nuts is it's it's another preparation. We're spending so that it's prepared. And if you go on vacation, it's still prepared. When I was in when I was in Hawaii, if I didn't turn it down or off, it was going to be prepared the whole time in case someone broke in and needed a shower.
0: Well, listen, you know, crime is hard work and sometimes it makes you stink. So why not stay fresh?
1: So the easiest way is when the time comes and it's time to replace that water heater. And I and I say it funny because my whole life I called it a hot water heater, which is silly. If the water's hot, why am I heating it? So my verbiage has always been... So I stop and have to think about it before I say it. It's just a water heater. You can call the fridge a hot water cooler. It makes (laughs) you feel better. (laughs) So obviously tankless units that you see now those on-demand units are becoming more and more affordable so it's getting to a point where at some point when it's time to replace the water heater we can do it with something that is way more efficient it is it will it cuts that cost in half at minimum
0: you know one of the things that i find kind of a pointless about water in your home is when you think about like where you have water in your home every single place with the exception of one possibly two but every place inside your home if there's water to it you have hot and you have cold with the exception of the toilet you have both And every sink and the tub you have both i mm-hmm. personally don't think you need hot water to wash your hands I, it doesn't help the water doesn't get hot enough to do anything unless you have mm-hmm. grease on your hands and it cuts the grease if you're going to wash your hands and water hot enough to kill bacteria you're cooking your skin
1: well, and it's some some of that is a comfort level. People like the options. I like a lukewarm, so they, they they've got the just right, so they can get it to that temperature.
0: Yeah, and that's great. I like a low a low consumers bill, so I would like to minimize the use of the hot water. It makes sense while you have it in your shower. The other possibility is like a hose nozzle. You know, hose nozzles just straight cold water. Right, um, right. I just don't. When you think about it, people haven't considered there's a water line of their toilet, and so why do you need hot water at all the sinks especially like houses that have a dishwasher that heats the water up anyways like why does it need a hot water line
1: right right well and that is that in that that water is obviously cool while it sits in the in the pipe and then it's got to run for a while before you get to hot water anyways mm-hmm. so let's say you can't replace the the water heater other things that you can do is you can and which I've done here, which it took a little while for Jamie to get used to, I've turned down the temperature in which it heats to. Because you can heat water in a water heater to the point of physical harm, but because at the time I had younger kids and I was trying to reduce the bill, I dropped it much lower. Now, according to research, it says it should be somewhere below 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Mine is below that. I can Mm -hmm. tell you that, but it's still, we still have warm showers. Everybody's still, no one really complains. I've never had a person say your shower doesn't get warm enough. I do know that I have a few family members here who like to leave looking burnt. My wife is like that.
0: She wants to (laughs) melt her skin off. She's got reasonably like, she's got like a reasonably dark olive, olive complexion. Her skin's not as dark as ours, but I mean, it's definitely not pale, but she'll come out of the shower and it's red. Like it is Irish red.
1: I do think given the opportunity, Jamison would do the same. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to make her pinking up or redden up. I've wrapped my water heater and insulated it so that it will hold the heat longer and kick on less. That was on the list. And also I have pool noodles on all the hot water lines. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that as I found them, I added them. I didn't go buy any. It's just, I would find them at garage sales or this or that. That's why some of them Most of them are gray, but a lot of them are like fluorescent colors in my basement because it's just whatever I could find. The wrap, the pipes, holds the heat, does it a little bit longer and keeps it from turning on more often. And it also, if you have hot water right from the very get go, you don't let the water run as long waiting for the hot water.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I I personally am a fan of the the on-demand systems. My my, uh, brother and sister-in-law have one. I think they're amazing. And I wish I could have one for this house. But until then, I'm just going to baby the water heater I have.
1: Well, and then the last thing I made jokes about it earlier is if you're going on vacation, turn that thing either off or way, way, way down. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. I never even considered, this is going to sound ignorant, but it never dawned on me I could even turn it down So I took the last one out in December and realized that they have a thermostat that I can adjust on there.
1: I had no idea. So if you're gone for a week or you're gone for two weeks, you turn it down all the way down. So, you know, if you don't want to relight the pilot light or whatever, however it functions, then just turn it all the way down. It will, it'll reduce the bill probably around 10%. That's just from that one action. That's forty bucks, man. That's good, <laughs> right? So that's the first two things we we've. I mean, and that's the bulk of the household right there. That's sixty percent of the household was heating and cooling and consistently uh, rewarming water. So now we're starting to get to the more known things. Guess number three. I'm just going to make you guess them all because it's fun. We're going to go with appliances. He's going with appliances and you my friend are correct. Uh, appliances I can't be wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct that appliances is number 3 and it's it's very interesting because there's a lot of little things that you can do. The first one is a big one for refrigerators that I didn't do until this year is clean the back grate and underneath the refrigerator because it's the airflow that works through the system that helps it become more efficient. And if it's more efficient, it does its job quicker and runs less. Good. Have you ever cleaned the back of your fridge?
0: This fridge I have now, uh, right? Well, it was my grandmother's, so we got it in early January and we cleaned it before we brought it over. But since then, no.
1: Did you, how, well, what did the old one look like when you pulled it out? The old fridge? The back of it. It was fine, why? No, because when I pulled mine out, it looked like uh, like a furry blanket. Well, but not, all, of
0: not all refrigerators are built like that, though. This didn't have anything on the back like that. The back of it was just solid metal.
1: Oh, wow. No, mine has uh coils and things run across the back to help for cooling. So there's that to do with refrigerators. Did you know that if you have leftovers that are hot, you should leave them to an ambient temperature before putting them into the fridge?
0: Yeah, otherwise they warm up everything else that are in there.
1: Because it's a heat pump. That's exactly what's going Dude, on in that fridge.
0: I'm, 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 I'm in food. Yeah, if you, put, <laughs> if you put, if you put hot food in a refrigerator, especially in the back, a really cold refrigerator, not only is it going to warm up things around it, if it's something thick, it locks the heat in the middle because it cools the outside first, and then when you leave that food in what they call the danger zone, Mister, Mister Master, you know. Master's degree. Um, it increases a chance for bacterial growth and you can actually make people sick accidentally really quick.
1: I did not know that. Yes, sir. So and that does talk about another thing is not blocking the airflow inside of a refrigerator. Uh, I did not know that I could make people sick by putting the super hot item right next to the airflow, though.
0: You don't want hot. You don't. You don't cool hot food off by sticking it in the fridge. I know a lot of us do at home, and to be honest, the chances of making someone sick are pretty minute. But it's still a chance, and you don't want to do it. It's a chance enough that if you have a health inspection and they see you do it, you're getting written up. Really? Yes.
1: Well, and another thing that I learned over time—actually, I learned this when I was writing the book—which was test the temperatures in your refrigerator because the the settings. Like, you don't have to put that on 9 or 10. Matter of fact, if you do, you might actually freeze some things in your fridge. My fridge Mm -hmm. functions well at, like, 3 and 4. Like, it does not have to be nearly as cold as where I kept it for the longest time.
0: My fridge, well, my fridge has got a setting of 1 through I think it's 8. It doesn't get as high as 10. If you put it at a 3 or 4, it's perfectly fine. I mean, granted, as long as you're opening it 20 times an hour, it's great. If you put it up to a five or six, like if you have more activity during the daytime where it's being opened and closed a lot, it's fine. If you put it to a seven and you don't have a day like that, it'll freeze. It turns it'll freeze everything in there. Anything on the top two shelves turn into solid rocks. I had to chisel milk out of a jug for a cereal one time. Ew. ice milk is fine. It's not that bad. <laughs> (laughs) But um, I'm just saying that it gets really cold. It works extremely well.
1: So and it's really per fridge instead of just leaving it at a setting and saying fridge, we can actually bump it down, bump it down, bump it down and find that spot where it works. Best. Well, yeah,
0: it well, it's, it's not necessarily just per fridge, it's per household. I mean, if you're if you're a house of two people versus a house of five people, I'm, I'm basing this on adults, per theoretically, five people will open and close the fridge more. People might be thinking, why does that matter? Well, every time you open it, the cold comes out, the, the ambient room temperature out there, which is warmer than a refrigerator, comes in. So the fridge has got to work harder to cool that air off to get back to the temperature it's supposed to be at. Now, with that being said, if you change those adults to children who decide They want something to drink or eat every 14 seconds. That fridge is working. That fridge deserves a high five and a gold medal every day. You got kids, you know.
1: No, I do. And my poor fridge is on its last leg. We're just trying to to keep it alive a little longer.
0: Last leg? Your fridge's legs are broken. It's suspended (laughs) from the ceiling.
1: All right. So just in case anybody's wondering what we're talking about, my refrigerator came with the house. (laughs) <laughs> they had to take they had to take some of the legs off to fit it in the space that it's in, and then they also had to notch out the top of the cupboards for it to fit, which means it's an awkward size. I would have to either a open the hole, which is probably what we're gonna do because Jameson hates shelves higher than five foot four. So if we take those out, we can get a much larger fridge in the place but i don't it still works i have problems with getting rid of it I, eh, it still works now the door the door doesn't stay on all the way it, the kids have opened it and hung on the door so long it's it's torn a lot of the metal there but don't worry i have found a way to keep it functioning i, I every couple of weeks jam more paper down in the hinge so it has a place to hold on and then the fridge works again for a while
0: Yeah, I mean you're definitely stringing her along as long as she'll go.
1: (laughs) It is, it's time, but not. I'll get there. I'll get there at some point. I will replace it. It's just not going to be today.
0: It shouldn't be today. Fridges are expensive. (laughs) You should. I think you should string it along until it stops keeping things cold, and then put ice on the bottom.
1: When it comes to appliances, I do tend to get my use, if you will, from them. Do you remember the washer? that I had had from multiple homes before here that I drug out I got it at the auction because I needed a washer and dryer. When the people when I bought the new washer, when they came to deliver it, they were laughing at me because the very when I decided to buy a washer, I was on a spin mm-hmm. cycle. it was shaking so violently. The whole top that has all your settings actually fell off. It was just hanging by the wires. That's when Jamie said it was time for me to get a washer. When we went in there, the whole component was just swinging during the spin cycle. Mm -hmm. And when they took that, even the guys who came and took it had jokes. So uh, I do tend to keep appliances, I'll say a little past their prime, but I'm getting my use out of them, right? Mm -hmm. So... A couple of things you can do, especially in the summer times or in places that like in down south where it's warmer per se, most of the time is utilize our grills more instead of ovens that that can help a little bit with the electric bill, even though you're still buying propane at some point. But using the those other sources will help you reduce a bill. Anything that produces heat uses a lot of electricity. Oh, so I mean, gas. Gas right now is cheaper than electricity. I switched my stove over to gas, as you know, which has dropped the bill significantly because you're not trying to warm up coils, which I have to say, I know you don't care if it's electric when you're cooking but it seems like with electric especially the glass stoves it seems like they have on or off there is they say low medium and high but it's just on no,
0: or off no do not do not do not put words in my mouth do not do not lie to these people <laughs> for me i said i don't mind Electric stoves, if they're just a coil, you can take that glass top piece of bad language, if you will, and shove it up (laughs) someone's tiny because they're garbage when you cook. If you turn them off, they stay hot for 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) Well, to me, it's all the same temperature. I immediately switch to gas and people think I'm a better cook all of a sudden. It's not. I can control the temperature. Well, you are a better cook if you can actually have better control over the food. But. Instead of using the indoor appliances as often, use the grill. Use something outside. A lot of people's charcoal grill, which is even better. Now we go to my fun washer and dryer. When I did studies at U of M about energy, do you know what the biggest way to save money on your dryer energy consumption is?
0: Uh, Are you talking year round or because my my answer doesn't affect half the year?
1: Are you talking about putting the clothes outside?
0: Well, I think hanging them outside naturally is a big energy consumption.
1: Well, and it would be because then you're not running the dryer at all. But they don't necessarily look at the efficiency of a dryer. If you want your dryer to be more efficient, you buy a better washer. That's half of it. So when when it goes through the spin cycles, you have a nearly dry set of clothes that go into the dryer.
0: Oh well yeah but there's more to that also sort your laundry. Sort your laundry. Sort your laundry. Explain it. Okay, well, how does a dryer work, Mike?
1: How does a dryer work? It moves the clothes around, pushing hot air between them and letting the humidity out the other out of the vent.
0: Okay, so if you have a a basket full of laundry, a bunch of towels and some underpants and socks and two or three really thick pairs of denim jeans, okay? So, do you think it's more what do you think is a better option? Put it on the longest setting possible to make sure the jeans are dry? or sort your laundry. And because you know, the jeans take twice as long to dry, you can dry everything else at half the time.
1: There you go. Yep. Good call.
0: You can, you can reduce your energy use and your time, even doing laundry by having a laundry sorted. I only say that because most people, and if, and if I'm offending you, I'm sorry, you'll get over it. Uh, Most people when it comes to denim, wear their jeans two or three times before they decide to wash them to each their own. I don't care. But if that's the case, you know, make sure your laundry's sorted. It's no different than when you sort them when you wash them. I mean, you don't want your colors to bleed into your whites and you want to be able to bleach your whites and you don't want your blacks to get, you know, white lid spots on them. So you're gonna have your laundry sorted anyways. So make sure it's sorted when it goes in the dryer.
1: Good call. And make sure you have full loads.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you don't want to run that and waste all that water for one pair of jeans.
1: There's also the hot water discussion here, too.
0: Um, with proper prep, you don't have to use hot water to wash laundry.
1: I have cold water hooked to both of them and the washer. Okay. So if, if someone says I'm going to wash this with hot, they can't, it doesn't exist. It's just other cold water that goes in. I've never had hot water hooked up to my washer.
0: If you take, if you have clothes and because I work in kitchens, I experience this a lot. they, They get greasy and you don't treat the grease spots before you wash it, they will set and they'll be almost impossible to get out. And if you treat them though, you can use cold water to wash your clothes just fine. When I say treat them, I don't mean anything fancy. I take an old toothbrush or a nail brush. I take some blue Dawn. It's got to be a blue one. It's a blue Dawn. And I scrub that spot and let it sit there while I put everything else in the washing machine. It takes like a minute. And then I wash it with cold water and it's perfectly fine.
1: Why is the blue Dawn better than any other color Dawn?
0: Um, I haven't used all the colors of Dawn, but I know the blue is a commercial grade Dawn. It's what we use in the restaurant. It's almost as corrosive as commercial degreaser to grease and fat. And so it tends mm. to work really well if there are other scents, because really the colors just denote a different scent. And I mean, so if there's other scents or colors, then by all means, use those. I like the blue one.
1: Yeah. All right, then. Well, most of the things for appliances, they consistently consistently repeat, don't run a dishwasher half empty. Don't run a the washer half empty. Those are all things that work. I think we're all kind of accustomed to now that we, we tend to wait till it's full, but there was the little things like making sure you, if you ever, if you have a washer that has an extra spin, spin it again, an extra fast spin, spin it extra fast. Cause anything you can do to get the water out of the clothes before they make it to the dryer is going to greatly reduce the consumption. And the dryer is a bigger chunk of electricity Energy compared use. yep than the washer
0: yeah if you're whether you have a gas dryer or an electric dryer it's going to take a lot more resources to heat it up hot enough to dry your clothes than the tiny bit of power using making that thing spin faster it amazed me and it still does pumps and motors take almost no power to function like the efficiency
1: is kind of high these days
0: compared to what it takes to create heat so <laughs> given the option I'll make it spin all day long and I'll have that little pump in the back of Pulling that water out over, you know, creating an oven that spins. Uh,
1: Speaking of oven, another thing that that was brought up when I was doing research that I, I don't think I really thought of as often as I should, but I do it by default is I cook to the size of what I have. So Mm -hmm. if you, instead of going to an oven for, you know, a TV dinner, for example, you can put it in the air fryer, you can put it in the uh, toaster oven, something smaller where it doesn't have to use as much energy to accomplish one warm meal. Yep. But when, but when you're doing the family stuff you you know again it's it's more efficient to go big because you're doing a lot of things in there. But I, and I think I do it but I did it on accident because of convenience. It was easier and quicker if I want to cook something in an air fryer or a toaster oven versus the oven.
0: That's awesome. I I wish I had happy accidents like that accidentally, you know, save the earth, accidentally use less power, accidentally save money. Mine is always the opposite. I accidentally found a $500 bill.
1: (laughs) Or I accidentally found a more expensive way to do something.
0: Generally, it's how I do it. Find new ways to make old mistakes.
1: And then the last one I have for appliances is part of the dishwasher also, which is hand dry. Quit using the heat portion of a, of a dishwasher.
0: See, this is, this is where I have a, I have a problem with this one. Hand drying. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hand drying is a great method, but I have three dogs and sometimes no matter how many static clean things you put in the washer and dryer, how much you make sure you're going to have hair everywhere. You just do. Like I have fur in some of my towels. Not There's, there's no getting it out. It just doesn't okay. go away. I don't want to hand dry my dishes. I don't want to grab a plate and see dried hair stuck to the glass. I don't have any interest in that. I have a real issue with hair to begin with. Um, Personally, for me also, technically, it's probably not the greatest idea to hand-dry towels. Very similar to the thing in the the refrigerator. It's against health code. And as someone who kind of lives and dies by the health code, you run the risk of uh, bacteria growing in the towel if you don't either, A, get a dry towel, or B, allow adequate time to dry. And that kind of freaks me out. I I hate the smell of musky cloth. gross
1: yeah jamie has the same problem when we went to high efficiency washer and dryers we went through a learning curve because it didn't like to the dryer would turn off before they were really fully dry and we ended up with some clothes that had a musty smell and she just she ended up throwing a bunch of them away she couldn't get the smell out i can't blame her i would have did the same thing so Those are just some tips to help with your appliances. The next one, and I won't make you always guess because we're getting down to the final stuff. All the way down to fourth is where lighting happens. 9% of your energy bill is household lighting. 9%? 9% of an average electric bill is household lighting. And I still think that's going to continue to drop and dwindle. As more and more equipment, you know, gets replaced because you still have old ballast and old lights. Just, you know, if you go out my garage and flip the lights on, you still got glass filled tubes generating light for me. Mm-hmm. But every time you get something new, your only option is LED. It does, You know, from the lamp here I, that I work with here in the attic, everything is LED. It is much more efficient. Yes, it, it doesn't is. create doesn't create heat. It's a light-admitting diode. It is very, very, very good at what it does.
0: I personally think the LEDs are like a gift from God without a better way to say it. I never understood why you would put a, a heat source in a refrigerator. I know, I know I connect all these back to food service, but not even in a commercial sense. Like you open your fridge, there's a light. Okay, well, and restaurants and I are not different. You open your fridge, there's a light. You have a giant fridge you walk inside of. There's a lot of lights. And all they do is kind of, you might not realize it, but they warm it up like to a point where it's constantly running. And we had some, we had uh, some CFL bulbs and a couple of our walk-ins in the past. And they're not really any better. In fact, to some degree, they're worse. Cause not only do they create heat, but you have to let them warm up. Um, yeah.
1: I, I think we talked about that. In, in, in and I think season one, it was like episode five, we did a, a lighting up the house episode and you, yeah. you, you discussed the CFL bulbs and, I think I had talked about, I didn't like them because you had to plan for light.
0: You do, especially in a giant dark room that you can't find your way out of. You literally <laughs> have to turn the light on five to 10 minutes before you're going to go in there. Otherwise you're going to walk in. That door is going to be shut. And you're going to be screwed.
1: So if anybody wants to learn a lot more about light, go all the way back to season one, episode five. Uh, it also has my lovely wife in it, Jameson. And we talk a lot about light. So Lighting, there's a a handful of things. That whole episode covered most of it. It was the different kinds of light bulbs, but it it led to LED being by by far superior, being able to utilize your natural light. Uh, I remember she talked about putting surfaces in a house that would help move light around. I agree with that. I still think it's a great idea. Just using as much natural light as possible. That episode had, it was a whole episode on light. So we won't dig into it overly deep here, but it is shoot just for me. I just want kids to turn the darn, the darn switches off. I swear everybody in this house only sees one direction.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But also when you first walk into a room, it's all dark and you want to see. So your first instinct just to make it easier to see. Most people don't think of things in reverse. They don't realize that they're leaving the room. They should turn it off. And that's a real problem in my house. And I'm I'm actually equally guilty. I'm, it's really a struggle for me to remember to turn things off when I'm finished.
1: You leave your lights on when you leave a room?
0: Sometimes I do. Hmm. Sometimes I suck. You can spank me later, <laughs> daddy.
1: <laughs> so lighting. And then, of course, the last one is electronics and other, which is 4% of the electric bill. And I assume a lot of that is because it's becoming more and more efficient. Back in the day, if you left a video game system on, it was, I mean, it got warm. It itself Mm. heated up.
0: Oh, yeah, it did. And if it didn't, the giant brick you had hanging out of the wall did.
1: (laughs) Right. So You
0: you realize how ridiculous it was to put those bricks in the wall as a power supply? They weighed like three pounds.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... So nowadays, the equipment is becoming more efficient, and and granted that four percent, I bet you, two and a half to three percent, is vampire service. It's that waiting to be used.
0: Vampire service. <laughs>
1: it's that where it's just drawing, it's eating juice the whole time, just waiting for you to use it. That's what our TVs, our video game systems, everything that we use is on standby which yeah. means I'm warmed up and ready for whenever you are, kind of like our water heater.
0: Well, I think the notion of standby is a great concept. I also realize that it's one of those first world things. We don't want to wait for what we need so it's or what we want. We don't need it. We don't want to wait for what we want. So, I mean, I get it it just sucks financially and also sucks in the power grid because as we talked about time and time again, the power grid is kind of a, they only produce what they think they're going to need, what the projections are, what the the market is currently, or the demographics of people are showing them what they have to produce. And so it's a power on demand thing. Our grid's already bad enough. So if we're just going to, you know, repeat that in our house, is it really great? No.
1: Well, and one of the things that I did for that was I mounted surge protectors behind all the televisions. So everything is plugged in right there.
0: But Mm -hmm.
1: as you know, I have more than one living room and one doesn't get used very often. I can just, I just turn the surge suppressor off. It takes all that vampire or ghost juice or it has like five different terms for it and eliminates it. Because the surge suppressor has killed the power completely to all those devices. And then anything that does need to be on a clock or, you know, something else that we have in the room goes into a different plug. It's not a bad idea. Each of the kids are set up the same way. So when my kids leave, they shut off their room. So everything in the room just shuts off because, yeah, you know, it's, it's one or two switches, two, two surge suppressors and most of the room has been absolutely shut down. And you can do that to, to eliminate a lot of that cost
0: absolutely i mean because all those things are all those things that you're turning off are things that you want they're not things you need televisions electronics dvd players that kind of stuff those aren't requirements for life those don't something you need for good food or to have a healthy happy family there's just things there are for entertainment they're first world things so yep. you don't need them not if you're not going to use them they don't need that power
1: especially for the little ones we don't They don't get to keep their tablets in their room and stuff like that. So it comes downstairs to charge anyways. That plug is on. They plug their stuff in. Everything else can be shut down. If, you know, other than maybe sometimes Alexa will tell them stories. You know, they'll do nighttime stories. But the rest of the room can be completely shut down. And when they're gone, the whole thing can be shut down. I like that a lot. It's just a couple of switches it's just two one or two surge suppressors and they're really easy to turn on and off a matter of fact you can get some that have phone apps and do it for you
0: well that sounds amazing
1: and that kicks into the very the the last part of this discussion which is all of the innovation in smart homes Mm -hmm. smart home innovation has gone through the roof you can do a lot of things when we were in hawaii or even when i when i was down in north carolina recently I could check the house temperature and change it. I can bring the, you know, I don't want the air conditioning running like crazy while I'm in North Carolina. So I moved it up to, you know, 75, 76 degrees. I have animals here, so I don't want it to be too hot, but I definitely don't want it at, you know, 68 when we're not even here. Mm -hmm. But I could, but I can do it from anywhere with smart devices.
0: That's awesome. And it's something that we're kind of behind the times in that. Uh, my family specifically, we haven't really dug into that a whole lot, but it's definitely something we're going to get into in the future.
1: I stayed the night at a friend's house and it was the coolest thing. As I walked down their hallway, mm-hmm. lights came on and went off behind me. Really? Just like, remember, remember the story that you had a horrible, horrible addition to that we put in the extras on the ah, episode? Yeah. Oh, you're well, talking about, about my, my, death,
0: my death row thing. Yes, yeah. my
1: Ford experience and no Ford and Death Row do not go hand in hand. That's just an odd way that we just put those sentences together. But when I was visiting the plant and the lights would come on and so forth, mm. that's what their hallway did. So as it was little night lights. They weren't bright, but it gave me a runway to the restroom.
0: You do know that I used two examples and you picked the one that you intentionally cut out of the episode. <laughs> I also said the, the the refrigerated section at a grocery store.
1: Yeah, that's the better one. That was yeah. the one we kept. That yeah. didn't have, that worked.
0: They both worked. You're just not brave enough to <laughs> put the other one on there. The first one was genius.
1: In case anybody's wondering if there's some things that maybe, and I'm going to say Nick said, because, you know, I don't say anything like that kind of stuff. Uh, if it's a little bit that should maybe not go on the show, we do keep it. And over time, we add it to the extras. So feel free to step onto the website and take a look. Nick says some really funny things.
0: Yeah, I, I say some things that sometimes are funny. Sometimes I sound pretty ludicrous. But when you find those things and you think they're funny, you think they should be left in the episode, send you know Mike an email at greeningyourlife.org and let him know. Just tell him. <laughs> express your feelings that some of these <laughs> ideas are worth keeping in.
1: Uh back to our episode i i think i'm right you'll be fine you you've been wrong before it's okay (laughs) the the smart home stuff is cool being able to voice control your lights change things when you're not there be able to control how the house functions i can i don't use it very often but i can check if the washer is done from my phone i can check and see how much time i have before it is done Because I I might be in the attic working or talking to you on this podcast. I can check that and say, okay, I've got five more minutes. I'm not running down there right now. So I can kind of manage my time a little better with some of those things. But you can set up timers on your water heater. You can set up stuff. I always say I I wanted to switch the kids' lighting in the room to motion lighting so that it would just go dark on them periodically and they have to jump up and do you know wave their arms or something to turn the lights back on that met a little bit of protest <laughs> uh, especially from the little ones who tend to be scared of the dark at times
0: that should that should really put some uh, motivation to keep the lights on which really Work. should <laughs>
1: right so but smart devices can you can get smart plugs. That, are, that will shut down, com- just like my surge suppressor idea, and then you can turn it on with your cell phone before you go to use it. They're really innovating a lot of things. Smart plugs so that you can control through your home assistant. You can walk in the house and say, I always hate saying the name because the listeners, their stuff takes off in the house. So I'll just say home assistant. Hey, home assistant, turn on the living room lights. Or hey, home assistant, pre- preheat the oven. As you're getting ready to bring the groceries in because you need to start dinner. Some of those things are just, there's a lot of convenience, but if you use it right, you can you can really knock down your bill.
0: Well, I think that that's something we really need to get serious into looking into because anything that reduces the consumer's bill, I support. I've never liked that company. We're not going to go on that rant today about how I feel about them, but I would love to re- really, I really would like to get serious about some of the more smart ideas, especially um, the, the smart plugs I think are wonderful.
1: Yeah, you just little bit of time, much like our little bit, little bit, big bit. You replace a few light bulbs, but you this time you do it with LED. You replace a ballast or a switch. You mm-hmm. you make things more and more integratable, so that when all of a sudden you go, oh my goodness, I left and I forgot. You can you have a you can just check on the phone on everything. You can even change the temperature of the house. Well, I think
0: where you got me were the smart plugs. You know, we don't have like surge protectors and really. The way the kids' rooms are set up, I don't think a search protector would really benefit us in that regard, but smart plugs would because the kids are pretty good about turning off their televisions or the game systems. But like right now, they have these LED lights that have these bands of these strips that go up the wall and they go on the perimeter of the room, and they're really cool. They can change the color, they have remotes, but they leave them on 24-7. So I don't care if it uses less energy, if it's losing if it's using less energy, constantly using it though, it's still adding to my bill. So I would love to have something where I could just log into my phone and go, bloop, off.
1: I made the joke to Aiden a long time ago that when I say it's time for bed, it's time for bed. And if I switch everything to smart devices, I'll give them 30 seconds and just kill the power to the room.
0: <laughs> it's just a voiceover comes over, comes on the radio. It is time for bed. And then The countdown
1: starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just save your game now. Shut it all down. So. That's all I had for this week. Did you have anything else that you'd like to add? No, but it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, we haven't done an episode bringing it back to the house in a while. And I wanted to make sure that we. sometimes we talk about large-scale problems or large-scale sustainability issues. But we want to bring it back home periodically. And that's what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do here. So uh, that's all we have for this week. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. If you're looking for other ways to support realistic sustainability, you can become a monthly sustainer on the anchor site, which we recently added another person. You can do it for as low as 99 cents and Nick and I greatly appreciate it. We sure do. And if you don't, if you, if those don't work for you, you can always leave a five-star review on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Those do really help more than you think. When you leave a review and say kind things, first of all, It helps other people find us in the search engines because the more interactions, the more it shows us when people search. But second of all, if someone's not quite sure they want to listen, it's your words that encourage them to, to, to give us a shot. So we appreciate that. All of you, thank you again. And just remember, we only have to get a little bit better each day. Little bit, little bit, big bit. I'm Mike. I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week. If you have the desire to be sustainable but are unsure of what can go in the recycling bin or you're constantly forgetting the reusable grocery bags check out starting sustainability the podcast Don't be frustrated or confused anymore. Starting Sustainability was created to help those beginning their sustainable journey. Each week, we give ideas on simple concepts you can easily incorporate into your current lifestyle. We also share stories of what works and what doesn't, so you don't have to waste your time and money. Check out Starting Sustainability, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.